Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me introduce our two special guests. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogny-Kidd have been close friends since 1998. Feeling a very deep spiritual kinship for each other, Dave and Carla had spontaneous memories. Listen to this of 29 past lives together while meditating. They went on to get this past life regression training with Dr. Brian Weiss, of course, who's been on our program many times. And now Dave and Carla spread the message of love and kindness and teach holistic approaches to healing. They teach meditation at their local university and senior centers. Dr. Dave was a registered nurse for 10 years before returning to medical school Recently retired from his private practice, Dr. Dave now serves as the vice president of medical affairs at a very small Midwestern hospital. And Carla recently retired as his office manager. They share their message together that love is the answer. David and Carla, let's go to you first, David. Hello there. Good morning, George. How are you? I'm great. And Carla, with you and David, welcome back. You were on our program almost a year ago in September with uh, my guest host, uh, Richard Serrett. So welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us again. When you two went through this past life regression, did you know that you had a relationship in other past lives? Let's go with you first, David. Um, no, we weren't. We weren't aware of it at all. It was. It was very much a surprise to us. Um, the, the experience became uh, incredible after a while when we found out that we had actually had twenty nine past lives together. That is truly remarkable, Carla. How did you feel about that? Um, well, it was. Um, it actually did not take place during past life regression. It was through meditation and spontaneous memories. So it was. Um, Oh, what word can I use? Unbelievable. The chill went up the back. It was kind of taken out of our hands. We were feeling um, the the same thing we felt in 1920 um, when we had one of our past lives, and it was almost out of our control. Do you know if all the 29 past lives were all great, jovial fun? I would say no, George. Uh-oh. There's... There's, there's lives, many of them have lots of positives in them, uh, but there's some past lives that literally, I would say, they're, were horrific. It, it's sort of like the, the history of mankind. There are certainly times when we're not perfect people or good people, uh, times when it seems like we're good people and times that we weren't. How many different people who are in relationships might have had relationships like you two have had in past lives and just don't even know about it. Well, I actually think it's quite a few, George. Uh, you know, as as we went through this process, we started to find, you know, different past lives together. And then when we would go to some of these past lives, we would find other people we knew, and we started to discover that we kind of, travel together as a soul family or soul group. And then we started to discover that actually we traveled with people that were family mates and then people who were actually karmic mates. But they're all in your same soul group, and and they return over and over again, not necessarily in every life. Um, During the process, Carla found 34 different lives, and I found 42, but we were in 29 of them together. 
And I have heard that the relationships you have with others, let's say you have a son now and a daughter, they may have been your mother and father in another past life. Have you found that to be the case? Well, actually, yes. Um, My husband in this life has been my husband, my son, um, my neighbor. Um, My sister in this life has been my neighbor, a friend. Um, Dave and I have not always had romantic relationships. I have been his mother, I've been his next-door neighbor, I've been his schoolmate. Um, So, yes, we play different roles. That's just dramatic. What what causes that? I mean, what causes the 29 reincarnated past-life relationships? I mean, is there something that's creating this, making this happen? It's not by accident. So what, what happens? Well, absolutely, it's not by accident. Um, we've, we've ended up writing three separate books, and actually probably the question you're asking is, is it book three, uh, which is called The Manual? And this is all coordinated. You know, there is... You know, our first life where we found out that we were together was about 6,000 years ago. And certainly, those people in that life we created some karma with and or uh, were good to each other. So we either helped each other grow during that life or we developed some karma with them. And you become connected um, and you keep returning. Again, like we said, there's a family mate, which means you're going to continue to help that person grow, or there's some karma that draws you together. You know, people talk about different quantum physics things and entanglement, but there is the draw. And what we found out in the, in the manual is that God actually sets these plans up. There's a draw that draws you together, whether it's your astrological sign whether it's an archetype, uh, whether it's a trait, and all those things, if you want to have it, this is almost like another gravitational field or another pull that pulls you together is those connections that you develop in past lives. And after many, many lives, you still have this draw that's pulling you back together. And and that's really what we've discovered, you know, that, um, like Carla said, we've She's been my sister, my wife, uh, a romantic interest, uh, a a mother a couple times. And we find that there are things that we do that work well together. And so God keeps putting us back together with each other. Since you've had 29 lives together that you know of, and let's say the average was 60 years old. Maybe you lived until 40, maybe you lived until 80, but let's use 60. That's about 1,800 years of life. That's going way, way back, isn't it? it it's going way, way back. And, it, and like I said, George, our first life was almost 6,000 years ago. And we've had many lives together um, that we have found, often like people do during past life regression, um, where we died early. Um, and there was trauma, for instance, in our past life. We lived in Chicago. Our name was Katie and Johnny. We were brother and sister. Dave was four. I was six. We were playing on our balcony on Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. Three-story balcony, and we fell to our deaths and broke our necks. Oh. And then, of course, you know, in this life, we were born in 1958 and 1959. 
and we died in 1944, that time. So it's, you know, they're not always like 60 years old. There's been lots of lives we died early. And then a few when we died, actually Dave had one life where his actual age was like 102. That's pretty good. Now, have the two of you found some relatives of any of these later lives that the, they might be able to attest to what you're saying or or just basically in shock over what you've told them? Well, in book one, The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, we actually detail 20 of our past lives together. And at the end of each one of those lives, we give the karmic reasons that we've returned yet again. And in that life, I was a flapper. My name was Ruby Donaldson. And Dave was um, a junior banker that we met and fell in love. And I was owned by the gangster, Angelo Jenna. And in this life, my first husband was Angelo Jenna. But in this life, I overcame the karma that we had together because I left him. He couldn't control or own me. But in that life, he controlled and owned me as me being his flapper in the speakeasy to Andres in Little Italy. Yeah, George, it was really, this was really our first sort of aha moment was with Ruby and JJ. Um, and it really, it started as, we started electronic medical records in the office and it was very stressful. And Carla came to me one day and said, you know, you're, you're getting grouchy and the patients are going to know and it's hard to talk to you. And, and she said, you know, do you want to get some counseling? Can we try meditation, something? Because you're on the computer 12 hours a day now that we started this electronic medical records. And I said, well, sure, we can try some meditation. So we started to meditate. It was peaceful. It was, it was comforting. The, the third day that we meditated together, this woman appeared to me while I was meditating and she was jovial and happy and excited and she kept showing me a shoe and you know I Wait, was it, this a, was this a physical woman or something else this was a this was a spiritual woman spiritual okay yes and so she appeared to me and I thought you know I'm a physician and I thought I'm crazy this this doesn't happen but I knew for some reason that this was Carla's mother. And Carla's mother had died 20 years before, wow. and I had never met her. And so when she kept showing me this shoe, I said, Carla, this woman who reminds me of you, she has the same eyelashes from a side view. She keeps showing me a shoe. And, and I think it's your mother who came to me while I was meditating. And Carla flipped on the computer screen at the office, and on the screen was 60 pair of shoes. Huh. And she said, which shoe, which shoe is it? And I walked over and said, it's that one. And Carla looked at me, and what would you say, Carla? Well, what I had brought up on the computer was a Google search for ballroom dancing shoes, because my mother was a ballroom dancer, uh-huh. and she wore a particular type of shoe her entire life, not just to dance, but she'd wear it for dress and for church. It was a little pump, open-toed sandal. And Dave picked out the exact pair of shoes. 
Well, out of 60 pairs, you know, that was pretty good that he picked. That yeah, that, well, that is good, but he probably had yeah. a good memory. So after of what that, my sister also worked in the office with us, and she went in the back, brought out her wallet, and she took out a picture of my mother, and she showed it to Dave. And Dave got very emotional, and he said, yes, that's the person I was talking to. And we, you know, we thought to ourselves, why are you coming to him? Why don't you come to us? You're our mother. But then we, <laughs> we soon found out why. And so we continued to meditate because this was a, a strange experience for us. And it was a few days later, and suddenly I have this memory while meditating, and I'm standing in an, in a, in an alley, and it's a dark alley. And I look across the alley, and Carla's standing there. Now, I say Carla because it sort of reminds me of her. She had the same steel blue eyes, and but she was... 20-plus years younger or 30 years younger than she was in standing in front of me. And I'm looking at her in the alley, and I see two bright flashes of light. I hear a gun go off. I feel myself shot, and I'm thrown back on the ground, and I know I'm bleeding to death and dying. And I think this is, again, very strange. And then... The next day I'm meditating, and I get more of the story. I realized that I met this woman who's dressed and looks a little bit like a flapper to me, mm-hmm. from what I would think mm-hmm. a flapper would look, and that I had met her at the wedding of a man named Angelo. And that after the wedding, I took her to breakfast the next day, and we walked along the coastline of Chicago, and she's telling me her life story. And she's telling me that she moved from Bullock, Georgia, that she wanted to be a dressmaker, and she thought she could come to Chicago and learn the skills. Her name was Ruby Donaldson, and her father's name was James. And again, I met her at a wedding. And Carla, of a man named Angelo, who owned the speakeasy where she was working. And Carla, because she's the most curious and and exciting woman I've ever met, she was bound to determine to find out if there was such a person. So Carla went off on a research. Right. So a day that I was not working, I got onto Ancestry.com, and didn't I find a Ruby Donaldson? Um, that name was quite popular in 1904 in the South, but had I not known her father and mother's name and little facts, like the fact that she was one of 11 children, uh-huh. um which they had in the Anthracy report, I bet. Yes. Yeah. So I brought all of that up, and I could find pictures of my parents. There weren't any of me, but there were some of my siblings. And then I also found um, an article from January the 10th, 1925, The Wedding of Angelo Jenna to Lucille Spinola. It happened at Ashland Auditorium in Chicago. Um, there was another article, um, it was a picture of their wedding cake that was over 10 feet tall. It served 3,000 mobsters. Um, So I was able to call Dave later that day and say, I could corroborate some names and and dates that you've given me. So we had some facts. It was clear. So that started us on a little bit of a journey because we're like, okay, we have this. And then we had another day where I had a different kind of memory, and it was actually a memory from when I was three years old in this life. 
and I was running on a beach and screaming, and it was, I, I knew it was in Boston. Screaming in happiness or just screaming in panic? No, in happiness. I okay. Was, I was a little, a, a little kid. I was running on a beach, just having fun. Yeah. And I, I knew, and, and I didn't remember this before, but I knew that my father had gone to graduate school. I was from Nebraska when I was a little kid, and that my dad had gone to graduate school in Boston on the GI Bill after the, the Korean War, and that we had gone to Boston. Now, what's sort of interesting in the story is Carla and Paula, who worked in my office, had grown up in Boston, and we had been working together for, you know, 20 plus years and never discussed the fact that I had ever been to Boston. And so I started to tell this memory that I had to Carla. I said, you know, Carla, I'm running on this beach and I can see the Ferris wheel in the back and and an amusement park and the beach. And I'd never seen the beach. And so it's such a happy kid. And I'm running on the beach screaming. And then suddenly this little girl pushes me down and she sits on my chest and she gives me a kiss on the forehead. She jumps back up and she says, be quiet, you're bothering my family. And I look over, and it's this little blonde four-year-old girl who's sitting, standing there in a little two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit with a little pot belly. And Carla looks at me and says, Oh, my God, Dave, it was me. Oh, jeez. And the reason I remembered it without meditation was because that particular day um, my parents were a good Catholic family. Mm-hmm. They never got divorced, but they were always splitting up. That particular day, I was the youngest of five girls. We had all gotten together. We didn't own our own car. We were not well off. My father rented two cabs, and we all went to Revere Beach in Boston. And that day when Dave started to describe the beach, my sister and I knew exactly which beach it was because Revere Beach... You were there a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't just sand and water. There was an amusement park with it. That particular day... When we got to the beach, for whatever reason, I did not have a bathing suit. All of my sisters did. I normally would have inherited one. We all went across the street to a little souvenir shop. My parents really couldn't afford it, but they bought me my first brand-new two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit. And, it again, another chill up the back. How could he possibly have known that day and what had occurred? Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.